1: and with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum Card, right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Bara da En McDonald's Participantes por tiempo Limitado.
3: On July 11th, 2021, a loud call for freedom was heard on the streets of communist ruled Cuba. America! America! Fed up with 62 years of nada, nothing, but Castro communism, oppression, and scarcity. What does the future hold for the people long robbed of any opportunities? How did we get here? What we learned? And can we finally be free? SOS Cuba is a weekly six-episode series hosted by me, Enrique Santos, and Telemundo and NBC journalist, Jose Diaz-Balart. We invite you to join us, our guests, social influencers, artists, and journalists from the island, as well as the global exile community, as we dive deep into the history that shaped us and talk patria, vida, libertad, and human rights in Cuba. Talking about July 11th, Jose, you've covered and covered constantly um, international events and, and uprisings in and, and countries. What surprised you the most of what happened July 11th in Cuba as a Cuban-American?
4: The extraordinary nature of it. You know, we see people taking to the streets and asking uh, for freedom. And, you know, if you are someone who doesn't pay a lot of attention to what's been going on in Cuba, you would think, well, that's similar to what we're seeing in other places. I mean, there are people taking to the streets in the United States. Uh, for just causes all the time. But it's the extraordinary nature of the fact that these people went to the streets asking for freedom almost in one voice, in unison, knowing that that simple act could very well cost them up to their life. Because in Cuba, the act of speaking against the government can carry all kinds of penalties. You could lose your home. You probably will lose, if you have a job, your job. Your family will lose everything, go to prison or worse. And yet there they were, in unison, asking for one thing, freedom. It was such an unusual moment in a world where those kinds of things we're used to seeing, right? That's what I think was, was surprising to me just how unique that was
3: is that sentiment is that movement fading out or is it just getting started
4: i think that in cuba it's it's continuing and and it's continuing on a daily basis i mean we have you know reporters in cuba independent reporters who are in house arrest essentially uh loose who we we uh, very much admire Mm uh has children can't leave her apartment and there's a state security officer down there, not letting her out. Uh, you know, there are people today suffering because of their desire to speak.
3: How much more does that make you appreciate what you do in this great mm-hmm. country that you're able to report and say what you feel. And, um, in both English and in Spanish, yeah. you're, you're, the, you're one of the leading, if not one of if not the most important and recognizable Uh, face and voice, not only in English, but in Spanish media when it comes to uh, news and most respected, I'd say, aparte de que eres mi gran amigo, you're a very dear friend, Um, when you see that, that you see a journalist that does what, it tries to do what you do freely here in this country, and it has a, you know, Seguridad del Estado waiting for her, trying to tell her, you don't want to go outside, there's COVID outside, you better go back upstairs, this intimidation, this control. It's, it's the, it's another
4: reaffirmation of how privileged we are to be able to live in a country that, with all of the problems it may have, uh, give us the opportunity to fulfill our dreams and to, uh, search for our aspirations on our own terms. Ricky, you know, you, you couldn't do what you do, uh, there and you couldn't express yourself, you couldn't Live You and I, nobody could live our lives inside that country. It's an amazing thing to think about. It's not just that you have different opinions. It's that we couldn't live our lives inside that country. And yet there are 11 million people who are forced to live lives created by a cupola in power. that tells them how to think, how to act, when to eat, what to eat when to go to get some kind of health uh there is no health system that is working so every aspect of their lives is told to them by a group in power that has no relationship with the people and it's really amazing to think about that reality is happening 90 miles away from the united states and yet we share that blood People that were from and are from that island, but they're not able to live anyway their lives. And that's a really remarkable thought in 2021, that there are people today that cannot have dreams, aspirations, hopes for the future. They're just not allowed to have it. It's kind of a weird thing to think about and i'm very every day very grateful to be able to fight for my dreams and aspirations right just like you are
3: is it hard separating or controlling those your passion and your thoughts when you're when you're reporting on issues like this
4: look i i've because always because you're so tied yeah, to it personally yeah, yeah i've always been aware of the fact that in journalism i am a Taking, uh, I'm doing a service. It's not about me. It's not about what I think or don't think. Uh, that's for a conversation with friends. But my responsibility is to serve through journalism. In journalism, you do have to search for the truth, and that truth includes maybe uncomfortable things for some people. Uh, so I, I've always been clear that my role as a journalist is to search for the truth and so i don't see any contradiction ever anything in my life regarding what i have to do
3: not to go off topic but is it difficult as a journalist uh in times where everyone creates their own truth or believes what they want to believe
4: journalism has never been uh, more important i think that it's never been more important for a society and and Without free press there can be no free country. Uh and so it frustrates me, yes, that the preponderance of invented things that can be sometimes uh seen as being truth by some people, uh is a battle that we as journalists have to fight. In other words, we have to constantly be aware of the fact that. There are a lot of different sources of misinformation that are constantly being put out there. And never, never has that been more of a problem, I think, than, than nowadays. What do you think?
3: I, I think it's sad as a, not just in our country, but globally, that people, you, know, you grow up as a kid respecting your elders, respecting uh, doctors, respecting science, and then to have people... I, I think there's nothing wrong with questioning things. You know, you go to a doctor, you get a second opinion on something. But I never heard of first time in my lifetime that I I see people. You're telling me I have to take this pill because if this pill's gonna make me better. Uh-uh. I'm not gonna take this pill. This pill's not gonna make me better. You know more than a doctor does. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, unfortunately,
4: it's been a reality of of, of since mankind existed. I mean, there are snake oil salesmen <laughs> throughout yeah. history and. You know, you can go to uh, excavations in ancient Egypt, and you're going to find, you know, pots of old medicine that were nothing more than olive
3: oil with a few seeds of something in there, right? Right, but it makes sense in ancient times. I think it's acceptable, but in current, because the world is different, information that we have because the information is so readily accessible to us, and the real information and research and proven history proves and science can prove or disprove something but the fact that people refuse to accept that no, truth and create their own reality it just boggles my mind no,
4: that's a that's a great conversation to have because
3: that's another podcast
4: no and it's but yeah. it's but yet it's one of the real major issues that we as a society wherever we are are confronting less in Cuba because in Cuba only one person one entity controls everything
3: right. There's only one story being told. Exactly. Right?
4: And it's not the truth.
3: Sadly. Well, the truth is decades of repression and total control and manipulation. Cubans can't take it anymore. Cuban artist Michael Osorobo told me a couple months before the July 11th uprising that he was ready to die for his freedom. And ironically, he has since been jailed and is currently one of Cuba's political prisoners.
5: El cambio real, change, radical, a una democracia, va a venir de Cubano que está dentro la isla. Y ese es mi deber, aunque pierda el cuerpo, hermano, aunque pierda la vida. Mi deber es decirle al cubano que está dentro de la isla, basta ya. Tú tienes que salir para la calle. hacerte esa Enrique, que tanto yo como Luis Manuel tenemos el cuerpo. El cuerpo de nosotros no existe. Lo único que nosotros dominamos es la mente y el corazón. Pero el cuerpo, quizás en cualquier momento lo perdamos. Yo estoy harto para, yo y Luis Manuel estamos hartos para perder el cuerpo, no importa. Pero la idea va a ser la misma básica: libertad. No más dictadura, no más Castro. Libertad. No dialogamos con los Castro, no se dialoga. Con los delincuentes no se dialoga. Patria viva, mi hermano
3: y súper conectado. Patria
0: viva, ala dictadura! ala Castro. All
3: right, let's welcome two of the leading voices, Cuban-American voices uh, that here in the United States have helped organize uh, Jose voices on the East Coast and the West Coast. They're Cuban-American brothers. I respect them a lot. They're true friends. Jason and Giancarlo Canelas uh, join us today. Gentlemen, how are you?
5: We're, we're doing great, brother. We're doing great. Thank you for having us.
6: We, we really appreciate it.
3: I like that the older brother always speaks first. That's important.
6: Hey, you know, it's seniority. I have to, uh, I got to give it up to him. I mean, I Listen. gave him two seconds. I
3: gave
5: him he two did. seconds. I saw that he, he
3: didn't did. step in, so I said, "Let me, you know, let me step up." Let's start with Giancarlo. Giancarlo, the El 11th of July. Why was that? Why was that date important to you? And what what changed because you, me, your brother, uh, Jose's been doing a lot. Uh, a lot. All of us that love uh, and enjoy and respect liberty and democracy have been doing a lot for our brothers and sisters uh, in, in in the island. What did July 11th mean to you?
5: Well said. Um, July 11th, to me, represents uh, the beginning of the end of, uh, of an era, of a brutal uh, era that has lasted way too long. I think that it was always within the Cuban community, there was always a, a, a divisiveness, you know, between the Miami Cubans and the Cubans on the island. You know, I grew up. Uh, listening to that. and I think that what July 11th did was it unified us. Cubans in Miami, Cubans on the island, uh, it made the message more clear than ever. You know in 62 years we hadn't seen those types of manifestations coming from the island, coming from the people that were doctrined by this regime, coming by the people, uh, coming from the people that um, that it was always it was always there was always a doubt of how much of Cuba actually wants to change. You know, um and we saw on july eleventh that the majority of Cubans they've had enough. They've had enough they can't take they can't take it anymore. They can't take the abuse anymore, they can't take the oppressions anymore, they can't take the brutality anymore, and, and they, 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 they they literally cannot breathe with the knee of this dictatorship on their necks and, and they said enough is enough. They took to the streets, they did not ask for vaccines, they did not ask for food, they did not ask for water. They asked for a systematic change, and I think that what we saw on July 11th was the beginning of of many more manifestations to come. The way the regime handled those manifestations, as they've historically done, um, fractured the little relationship that was left between the Cuban people and and the and the Castro regime.
3: Carlos has been on the East Coast, organizing a lot of the, de- the demonstrations that we've seen, a lot of the marches uh, as well. And your brother Jason is on the West Coast in Los Angeles doing the very same for the people of Cuba. What did this, uh, what has this movement mean to you, this historic day in Cuba, Jason?
6: Well, brother, I mean, it's, uh, it's gonna be a lot of what my brother just said, um, but to not repeat the same thing, which is exactly how I feel, uh, I'll just add, that, uh, you know, this obviously July 11th is a is a monumental day for our people, considering that, you know, they they they, they finally said enough. They finally came out. Um, but it's important to understand. Obviously, we understand, but it's important that the people who don't know much about what's happening or what has been happening, understand that this is something that has been going on for 60 plus years. Um, you know, July 11th was just the 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 pot boiling over. Uh, our parents, our grandparents, our generation this is three generations that have been robbed of their freedom. Uh, our, my grandparents died dreaming of a free Cuba. Uh, you know, Giancarlo's, my my sister, uh, Annette, Eric, myself we grew up, you know, being told the stories the uh, same way that I'm sure you guys and many people hearing this uh, grew up, you know, hearing the stories of what our parents went through, of what our grandparents went through. And, you know, for me, I was always, I always felt so proud to be Cuban, but I never really understood the, you know, the, the root of it all until July 11th. When I when I saw those images come off the island and I saw the oppression like firsthand, like really seeing the faces of the Cuban people, you know, as they marched with, with, with the courage of, you know, looking down the barrel of a gun and screaming patria y vida and knowing the consequences, like... I think that was the first time in 29 years of my life that I truly was able to put faces to the stories that my grandparents told me, that my parents told me. Because up until July 11th, all I ever was able to use was my imagination. And, man, seeing those images and seeing the kids, seeing the, you know, the, the aggression that the regime has unleashed, uh, unleashed on its people. Uh, man, it, it's, it's really struck me in a way to where there's absolutely no way that I could just stay put. I have to use my voice. I have to, you know, do whatever I can. And thankfully, so many young people have come together. Cubans, uh, um, Venezuelans, Nicaraguans, uh, and a lot of first generation, which has, you know, it, it fills me up with so much freaking happiness to see that my generation is actually Understanding the importance of this and that we're coming together and that we're trying to spread awareness. Um, you know, I think the regime never, never in a million years envisioned the kids of the exiles feeling that same burning passion for, for Cuba to come out on the streets and, and to speak up all around the world. And, and I think that, you know, July 11th was a big victory for the Cuban people, uh, considering, uh, you know, what it means and what it started. And, and this is going to be a long fight and, and we're committed to, to uh, go into battle for as long as we have to. You
3: just dis- you described it well because as Cuban Americans, I think we all feel the same. It's kind of like we feel uh, respect for our grandparents, right? And and for all the exiled Cuban community that hasn't been able to see a free Cuba. That you know we have our grandparents that are now unfortunately dying without having been able to 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 return that our parents like in Jose's in your case Jose has has passed right so we kind of feel like a it's a great sense of responsibility it's it's our turn to step up to the plate
4: and that's the the unique part of, of this in so many things Alonso uh, Julio changed things it changed things inside Cuba but I think it also looking at these two brothers changed a lot of people outside of Cuba and I I wanted to kind of get a gauge from from both of you, something that, that Jason, you talked about, about you didn't really understand in your pores what your parents and grandparents talked so much about until you saw it the past 11th of July. And what is it about that
3: 11th of July. But you know what? It's so also as, 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 as when we grow up as kids, we always hear our parents and Cuba, this used to happen this way. And right, this, right. so it's kind of, and then you kind of like, you got it. So what is it? What it is feels, it the prompt? I want yeah. yeah. to say something. I want to say something
6: really quick. Like, and Jen, Jen is going to understand this because we're, I'm talking about our parents here. You know, my, our family has been through a lot, you know, over the years, same as any family. Uh, I think. And, and we've always had the utmost respect and admiration for both my father and my mother, you know, seeing the struggle, uh, seeing everything that they've gone through, you know, losing two kids, um, and just, you know, go, uh, overcoming the obstacles that life has always thrown at them the way that life throws obstacles at us. Um, but for me, like these last couple of weeks, you know, just really understanding the weight that they've had to carry on their shoulders these last 50 plus years, having left, you know, their home. Uh, you know, again, you said it. I never really understood in my pores the, the, the pain and the trauma that they have lived with all these years. You know, my mom, my mom left as an 11 year old girl and her parents told her, don't unpack. You know, we're we're coming back at the end of the month. That month went by, it was like, hey, don't unpack, don't unpack, just use whatever you gotta use, but we're going back. It's been 50 plus years. They never went back. My grandfather died, my grandmother died. My mom, my mom did everything she could to stay in contact with her family and help them over the years. And I had to see my mom mourn the loss of her uncle and her cousin, you know, within 10 days of each other, these last two weeks from COVID because they couldn't get access to an oxygen tank. And to see my mom that, devastated because she couldn't do anything you know like it shows you the real the real like atrocity that this this regime will be held accountable for so many things for the for the murders for the political prisoners for everything but the one thing that i believe is at the top of the list considering at least where my values stand uh nothing in this world is more important to me than family than unity and this regime has separated I mean, I, I can't put a number on it, but the, the separation of family, you know, to me is one of the most horrendous things that anybody could do. And when you talk about the amount of families that have been literally destroyed because of this regime, it's, there's no word to describe that pain. And, and we're seeing it. We're seeing, I mean, I, I just cannot imagine being separated from my family for 50 plus years. I, I, I don't, I don't understand. I, to, for me to not be able to see my brother, Or or my sister, my parents, like, I I just, why? I I don't even know. I really do not know how. Um,
5: You you have to also, we have to also, we have to also take into consideration, Jose, based on what you said, you know, talking about why, why, why is first generation Cubans, why are first generation Cubans, why do we feel this way? Look, I remember growing up as a young artist you know um being growing up in a cuban family which by the way i believe that we come into this world with a purpose i believe that we're born within a cuban family for a reason or within a mexican family for a reason i believe we come with purpose and i proud take on that purpose and responsibility of being the son of Cuban immigrants you know everyone has a different story I, I this is our story this is our duty you know and I believe that you know as first generation Cubans I grew up seeing my my friends c- from Colombia uh, when they were little saying oh I'm gonna go this summer with my parents to their home country to, to Colombia oh I'm gonna go to Mexico oh I'm gonna go here oh I'm gonna go there I was never able to do that We were never able to do that. We were never able to to go vacation in the homeland uh, where it all started, in the blood that runs through our veins. And it's like they instill such a huge love in us as Cuban Americans for our roots. It's like introducing you to the love of your life and then telling you that you could never meet her and you may never be able to, you know? And and it's a, a, a big void that we grow up with. And I think that those images that we saw uh on july 11th it reminded us of of the frustration um that of of seeing how look in puerto rico when the manifestations happened to you know to 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 throw out the governor that was there at the time they were able to manifest there was there was no police beating them on the streets and a month later he was out because that's what a democracy looks like you know that's what a system that actually is there for the people and by the people looks like to see these images and to and to feel that no matter how much we do you know we can't be there for them we can't just get on a plane and go because what's the strategy there how is that going to make a difference it's very frustrating it's very painful you know but let me tell you this and let me just add to that we can't stop we can't stop we can't let that be a crutch we can't let that be the reason why we give up because social media has become a huge ally for us. I believe that July 11th, what it did is it unveiled a truth about this system to not just us as Cubans that were already exposed to this truth, but to the world. A lot of people, we, we've seen the 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 romantic, you know, fictitious mm-hmm. uh, uh, story that, that through propaganda this regime has fed to the whole world. And like you said, in Los Angeles or in Europe, you see people with Che shirts and they just don't understand the whole truth. So for me, July 11th, what it did, and along with the tool of social media, along with all of our voices collectively caring about this, caring about democracy, um, it unveiled the truth about this regime to a lot of people that were living a complete lie uh, when it comes to to the, the reality
1: in Cuba. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
7: The best things in life, they come in twos. Two scoops of ice cream, two tacos. And now for a limited time, get our best deal of the year. Buy any phone when you switch to Consumer Cellular and get two months of service free. That's right, the same fast, reliable nationwide coverage as big wireless, now with two months free. Proof the best things in life really do come in twos. Visit ConsumerCellular.com or call 1-888-FREEDOM. Second and third month of monthly base service fee waived for new customers with the purchase of a phone and activation by July thirty first, 2024. Taxes, fees, and third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
0: We
3: are very proud of our next guest. She is actually the first tenured Latina professor. At UPenn's Graduate School of Education, an Ivy School at that, Dr. Amalia Dache. Thank you for being here with us today.
0: Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure and an honor to to be on this on this show.
3: It's such an important topic, Dr. Well, uh, July 11th in Cuba, uh, a movement or, or a moment.
0: It is a movement for sure, and I study movements. Uh, I've studied movements since 2014 when we had the Ferguson uprising in 2014 um, because of police violence. And very similar to what's happening um, in Cuba now, when you think about the repression and the history of repression when it comes to the police state towards the Cuban people, there is a racial dynamic. And so that's something I'm very familiar with when it comes to, to movements um, happening a- around the world, but, but again, more in particular to, to the US and, and of course now in, in Cuba.
3: And we've been shut off from the world. You know, Jose and I have been talking about this uh, doctor for such a long time. And it's so frustrating, too, to see so many of our of our actors and actresses and, and musicians and poets that never internationalized because of this dictatorship that we are just now, you know, within the past several years, getting to know more of thanks to social media. Right. Thanks to the, you know, the Internet finally coming. Porque antes era un cuento. No, ahí le caen a golpes a la gente. Ten cuidado, las, las damas de blancas son arrastradas por el pelo por la dama, ¿tú sabes? Por las calles de, de 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 Cuba ya no es un cuento, se ve y todavía hoy en día la dictadura trata de, de la, trata no de frenar que esos videos salgan bloqueando el internet y demás. But this is very real and there's a lot of pain and it's very deep and it's very real and it's so sad. Literally, and it's, it's
8: so sad. And this
0: and this pain and this history, again thinking about a post you know dictatorship. All of this is going to be a part of of the new the new Kula, right? This is this is what's going to shape. This is what's going to to make it an organic, an organic process. That again, we can learn from these other models, South Africa, post Soviet context, but we also have our own autonomy, right? That's coming out of even right now, right? We're making history right now. This is going to shape the history of Kuwa. You know, J Eleven is is a movement. It's a movement that's happening, and it's and it's an organic process that's going to shape. You know the new dem- the, the the new democracy that emerges um, from the work that we're doing in the diaspora, from the international commitments. I mean, we haven't even talked about you know how silenced you know the the rest of the world is when it comes to Cuba, as far as supporting Cuba and putting pressure on España and putting pressure on Italy and putting pressure on put pressure on those who actually do business in Cuba without thinking about the human rights abuses and the repression. That is happening to the Cuban population. Like, how are we going to hold these these uh, governments in these countries accountable? And how do we get international support? I mean, I think this is one way, right? Like awareness, continual continual media attention, especially those of us who you know are in positions where we have a you know carry a lot of weight because of our institutions. But you know, there's there's got to be political um, political accountability as well.
3: There's so much. Uh you, you really scratch your head you think why should we have to? it's like pulling teeth to you know to try to just just to get people to just to open up their not even their eyes their hearts to something that's happening it's a real-time genocide happening on on our on our and, and it's it's up to us right to step up to the plate and you would think that these kind of things like we say cubans say right this is just uh, as as just human good people just good human beings saying "Caramba," these people are hurting Let me raise my voice like Jose and I were talking a little while ago as well. There's certain things that you can be quiet and silent upon and it's okay and acceptable. This is not one of those moments. This is not one of those things that it is acceptable for anyone to to, to stay mute on.
0: If we care, if we care, if we care about human rights, if we care about civil rights, then this should not be an issue we should be silent on.
4: Dr. Always Remembering Solzhenitsyn wrote the Gulag Archipelago. Well, Cuba has been living as a Gulag Archipelago for 62 years. And it's only when the Solzhenitsyns of the world are published outside that gulag that things can at
0: least start to change in at least some world solidarity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, the writing, the art, the music, and I'm thinking about, there was a there was an obra that uh, Luis Manuel Otero Alcantara did in April of 2021. Do you remember? It yeah. was when he did the... Um, it was the one where he, he actually had a mechanism that was used for um, oppression during the colonial period. It was called um, yeah, right? Garroteville. It was a Garroteville. Think about that. There, there's a racial dynamic too for that, right? The, the fact that he used this Garroteville, used it, positioned himself inside of it, put himself inside of his home, and said, for the police to come, if you're going to lynch me, then I've given you the tools to do that, right? But this this tool, this carro de vidal, was actually used during the colonial period in Cuba for lo, en los esclavos. And so again, you have the artists. The artists are using their voice to talk about these these, these 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 social racial processes that are so intertwined in Cuba under the political repression that we have to hear their voices. And yes, these are they're the ones that are documenting what's happening. los artistas in the journalists and those who are using the, the pen as as a weapon almost right using art as a weapon using the pen as a weapon and exactly this is being published and the youth are putting it out and the people are putting it out and it's a very again it's a very organic and intertwined process between social actors
3: doctora thank you for your time you know there's a saying we always say uh you know what is it Um uh, being the uh the smartest person in the room uh we are honored with your presence and with Jose's as well, and I, I feel like the dumbest person in the room. Oh right no! I no. thought I thank you,
4: Doctor. I also have to to thank you because you know what? Uh, there are so many layers in the Cuban reality. There are yes. so many uh, under the skin layers of Cuban reality that have to be exposed, and and thank you for. For your voice, thank you for your knowledge. Thank you for sharing it with us. It, uh, I think that all of us, at least I know, speaking for Enrique, we've learned a lot. Yes, and that's the best gift that you could give, and you've given it.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time. I I appreciate all of the conversations that we've had today related to these topics, and I want to just end on this note. I want to think about my father. My father was one of the first uh, political prisoners in Cuba that that used the tool of uh, challenging the regime through through you know through driving a bus into the american embassy um, and being imprisoned for that in 1965 so i think about the history of my father's resistance and how he used protest um to challenge the regime in 1965 and seeing that being present in the 80s and the 90s and now through social media and through you know cubanos being on the street i think that you know i owe that to to, to the legacy of all of the cubanos that you know that have been you know, imprisoned and also have been, you know, detained. So just wanted to shout out my own family legacy um, in this struggle.
3: Thank you very much, doctor. I think that's what we're all trying to do, right? Continue the legacy of our parents, of our grandparents.
1: Yes. Um, God bless your, your, your father, rest his soul. Muchas gracias. Thank you. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.
7: The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
2: When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles. Like the made-to-be-seen, very sexy push-up bra from the Very Sexy Collection. In on-trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. Add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape Fragrance, a free spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com.
3: Let's talk to one of Cuba's biggest artists. He's one of the very few Cuban artists that have been able to take his music, his talents, and internationalize it. Le ha molestado a la dictadura todo lo que lo que has hecho y lo que sigues haciendo por los cubanos. Gracias por estar aquí con nosotros. Gracias, yo, gracias. Te admiro, amigo. Gracias.
9: Un, un placer, amigo. Yo creo que el 11 de julio el pueblo cubano dijo no aguanto más. Se acabó. O sea, es como... Yo le digo yo a la gente, ¿sabes por qué explota una de la presión? ¿Sabes por qué
3: explota? Por la presión adentro, ¿no? Pero ¿Sabes no aguanta o sea, más.
9: cuándo es que explota? ¿Cuándo? Uno, uno nunca sabe. Exactamente. A veces la... muchas la... el pitillo, ¿no? El... Y tú dices, ¿qué es esto? Y a lo mejor te dicen, no, ¿sabes qué pasó? Que el frijol pa, y eso fue lo Entonces, esa olla estaba a punto de dar. Y bastó que saliera a la calle la gente, que se conectaran por internet, que vieran, que mira lo que está pasando, mira.
3: Y todo el mundo fue a la calle. Es importante también eh, mencionar que el hashtag es SOS Cuba hizo tan, tanto, tan, llamó tanto la atención. Mucho, y mucho. que se compartió el día antes por artistas. Y, y, y su urbanos. gran mayoría que no son artistas cubanos exactamente urbanos pero urbano. la mayoría de ellos es vamos a ver claro. claro
9: tú sabes por qué te digo urbano porque es muy importante porque Patri viejo es, es un tema de, de hip hop eh, otro tema que también cantaron que fueron de los adianos Díaz Canel su apellido también es un tema de hip hop y todos los artistas urbanos colaboran o sea brother, el rap es eso no nos olvidemos que el rap nace en Estados Unidos para precisamente eso denunciar hablar estar en contra de los opresores Eh, eh, una em... música protesta exacto entonces cuando los urbanos empiezan a tallar eh, Daddy Yankee Balvin Arcángel Osuna, eh, todos los ch- chamacos cubanos emp- dicen oye nos están nos está mirando nos están
4: observando también había Patria de Vida que eso claro. yo creo que era quizás el detonante claro eh, porque hay que identificarse con un mensaje exacto. hay que tener hay que palabras uh-huh. sí con sentido, y esa canción le dio palabras con sentido a muchísima gente que no sabía exactamente qué es lo que querían decir.
9: No, y, y sobre todo porque venimos de Patrio Muerte, ¿tú me entiendes? O sea, eh, a mí la palabra muerte nunca me ha gustado, pero no es menos cierto que este 2020 arrancó con esa palabra muy presente. O sea, antes sí. nos decían, no, hubo una explosión en no sé dónde y en es si muy lejos pero la muerte nos ha tocado a todos muy cerquita ya sean familiares amigos conocer gente muy cercana entonces cuando tú escuchas patria o muerte tú vuelves a escuchar esa palabra tétrica que es la muerte y al tú decir patria y vida como que es como que wow es como un aire de esperanza pero no solamente por cambiar la vida por la muerte porque eso siempre tiene que ser tangible, sino cambiar la i por la o esa o de patria o muerte dice mucho es o tú o yo uh-huh o mi programa, o el tuyo, o mi pensamiento, o el tuyo, o incluso mi raza, o la tuya. Patria y vida, no, patria y vida es tú y yo, tu pensamiento es mío, tu condición sexual y la mía, tu raza y la mía, tú y yo, tu idea y la mía, tu diferencia, y mi diferencia.
3: Cuando sale la canción, y tú ves que el régimen prohíbe que el cubano diga patria y vida. Yo dije eso va a ser un palo.
9: era las palabras necesarias para convertirla en todo un éxito y después no y después la acusación y después todas las canciones que han sacado para intentar eh, matar el 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 lo que pasa con Patri Vida que el cubano vio un plan de futuro eso fue lo que pasó con Patria y Vida un plan de futuro es esto es lo que lo quiero Patria y Vida es cuando tú estás en la casa y tu mujer te dice si nos compramos un chalet y un coche tú te imaginas que venga y dice wow tú dibujas tu plan de futuro Patri Vida dibujó un plan de futuro en todos los cubanos pero no en los cubanos en la isla en los cubanos aquí también
3: all right, listen, to the uh, Cuban exile community, cariñosamente lo llamamos Willy, Willy Chirino. He's so much more than that. He's a Cuban, simply, he's, para describir, es que no hay una palabra que no se puede describir Willy Chirino fácilmente. This man is a Cuban-American musician, performer who arrived in the United States through the famed Peter Pan uh, flights that brought so many of Cuba's youth escaping military inscription and indoctrination at the beginning of the Castro Revolution. Uh, Willy Chirino never, ever, ever forgets his country or his home in, in Consolación del Sur, en Pina del Río, which uh, he's evoked in all of his songs, almost every single one of Willy Chirino's songs. He mentions his beautiful uh, homeland uh, throughout his beautiful career, of 62 years of exile here in the United States. After July 11th, I remember Willie Chirino doing a live on Instagram that touched my heart. And I, I think about it, and I still
4: ¿Te emocionas? ¿Te
3: emocionas? I still get sentimental because, ¿Sí? sorry. Willie, tú dijiste algo muy importante. Tú dijiste, and I'll never forget. And I, and estoy todos los días, desde el 11 de julio, repite la voz de Willie Chirino en mi mente. Willie's voice continuously bounces in my head after his live that he did on Instagram when Willie said, I've been saying this for 62 years. I've been screaming this through my music. Ya vienen llegando. Uh, in every one of my songs, wherever, in every single stage that I stand on, I, 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 I fight for it for Cuba and, 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 his, and, and his people. And Willie said, and I'm asking God, pidiendo a Dios en este momento que me alumbre y me diga qué rol debe jugar Willy Chirino en este momento histórico de Cuba. And that's what I've been asking myself every single day. What role do I need to pay, pay, play as a Cuban-American? Um, so grateful that this country opens its arms to my parents and to my, and to my grandparents. So, Willie, really, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for those beautiful words. Thank you for being here with Jose and I in this project SOS Cuba, this podcast where we're hoping to shed some light on the Cuban tragedy and hoping that, you know, the voices like yours don't, don't go mute, don't go silenced. I thank you and I respect you so much, Willie. Really. Thank you for being here.
8: I am very happy to be here with you, too. Good friends for a long time, which I respect and I admire. And I thank you also for being part of this and uh, helping keep the, the flame alive that started in uh, Cuba. We must, uh, as I have said before, do whatever it is that we can to keep those uh, that flame alive. I quote uh, Jose Marti quite quite a bit because uh, to me he's an inspiration in every aspect of my life. And uh, he once said, "I'll say it in Spanish. I'll try and try to translate it uh, later." He said, uh, "Cuando de la libertad se trata, todo al fuego, hasta el arte para alimentar la hoguera." Yeah, and that is uh, referring to a lot of people that uh, say that, uh, you know, you can't mingle politics and music and arts and stuff like that. And it's just the opposite. When you're dealing with freedom, with liberty, like we have been for 62 and a half years, you know, you always fall back to, I at least fall back to those words which say, when we're dealing with freedom. Everything to fl- flame the, uh, the the fire, even the arts. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying through my music. I've been doing it for a long time, but especially now that uh, that uh, you know the Cuban people finally decided to to wake up and uh, and uh, have the you know, the audacity to go to the streets and uh, fight for their freedom. We must be here on this side, outside the the island, trying to help whatever it is that we can to get the message across, to to get those images (laughs) uh, seen by millions of people around the world so they can actually grasp, you know, the, 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 the sad situation that the Cubans have been living for so long.
3: Does it surprise you, Willie, that this new movement and awakening in Cuba was started not by politicians, not by radio broadcasters? or It was started by El Pueblo. It was started by musicians such as yourself and through the power of social media with the hashtag SOS Cuba y Patria y Vida. ¿Te sorprende eso, Willie? It started
8: by artists. Uh, 27, uh, San Isidro, el movimiento San Isidro, those, yes. those artists, uh, musicians or plastic uh, uh, Painters, uh, and writers, uh, novelists, uh, poets, and that's what it is. We must, you know, use our tools, uh, nuestro arte, para alimentar la vera, que se, se dio el 11 de junio en Cuba, uh, which is very important to us.
4: Willy, eh, cuando tú comenzaste tu carrera, eh, y además, you know, it's important to, to kind of underline that Willie Chirino is the creator of the Miami music sound. You know, he is, he is it. And, and Willie, why is it that you focused always on issues such as Cuba, freedom, and the need for people to, to live free when you're starting a career that, well,
3: those kinds of issues weren't really talked popular, about. Right? They weren't popular. Yeah. Not, 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 a cool, not cool to sing about at Correct. that moment. Let's be honest.
8: Because, not cool, I I totally agree and it has affected me a lot throughout the years, but the, la recompensa mm-hmm. for what I've done you know, outshines every problem that has come across because of that. Uh, yo te puedo decir que lo he hecho porque Nuestra situación es mucho más triste que cualquier otra. ¿Por qué? Porque son 62 años y medio. O sea, la gran, gran, gran mayoría del pueblo cubano ha nacido bajo una dictadura. Se ha criado, ha tenido, eh, no conoce eh, la libertad, no conoce las cosas buenas de, de vivir en un en una situación en que tú puedas elegir a tu gobernante que puedas des- tomar tus propias decisiones que no puedas que puedas hablar eh, y contarle al mundo o a tu vecino la manera que tú piensas no y nunca han vivido eso nunca más entonces eh, para mí a mí me duele todos los días de mi vida todos los días de mi vida a mí me duele la situación de mi pueblo. ti llevo 60 pasado mañana hace 60 años que llegué a Estados Unidos el 26 de agosto de 1961, y no sé por qué, a veces mis hijos me preguntan, pero ¿por qué a ti te pasa esto? Y yo no lo no puedo responderlo, es algo que lo llevo aquí adentro del corazón y no he podido, de algún modo, ni quiero deshacerme de eso. Eh, entonces, eh, me preocupa mucho, me preocupa, me duele, me, la palabra es me duele, me duele la situación de mi pueblo. Y trato por todos los medios, a través de mi música, de mis presentaciones, de entrevistas como esta, de de cualquier cosa que yo pueda hacer eh, a través de las redes sociales, enviar un mensaje de fe y esperanza para mi pueblo y, y a la misma vez enviar un mensaje de las necesidades básicas del ser humano, los derechos básicos del ser humano que el cubano no tiene por 62 años.
3: Willy, ¿qué ha sido lo, ya que este este mes estás celebrando tus 62 años aquí en este gran país que nos ha abierto las puertas a nuestros abuelos, a nuestros padres, a a ti eh, también, ¿qué es lo que más aprecias?
8: Aprecio levantarme todos los días en libertad. Yo recuerdo cuando mi padre decidió sacarme de Cuba a través del programa de Pedro Pan, que tú dijiste hace un rato, where 14,000, 14, Cuban children left the island without our parents. Without some uh, some of the stories of Peter Pan are not uh, uh, very good. So some of them are sort of tra- tragic because they, at the end, couldn't get back to their parents. my, my situation, was one of the better ones. I was lucky. Uh, but um, uh, you know living in freedom is the, is uh the most uh, you can see it every day you know thousands of people trying to get into this country and that we live in uh, because of the freedoms that we enjoy of this is a blessing so I every day in my life when I wake up i I thank the Lord every night before I go to bed I thank the lord for living in this uh country that, uh, you know, 60 years ago opened the doors for me and allowed me to achieve the, the American dream. That's such a blessing.
3: On the next S.O.S. Cuba, we'll talk about Cuba now and what life is really like on the island today.
2: S.O.S. Cuba is produced by Enrique Santos, Luisa Varona. Julio Ramirez, Harold Valenzuela, DJ Extreme, Wilbur Mateo, Rosalia Castro, and Telemundo in partnership with iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support
1: 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. ba En McDonald's Participantes por tiempo Limitado.